Hello and welcome to There's More Podcast. I'm Karen. And I'm Rachel. And we're helping women dream bigger, pray bolder, and live empowered. Today we are interviewing our friend, Beastal Woodstock leader, Stephanie Artia. She is a mother, a leader. God, man, she's got quite a story. I mean, being called to ministry at 19, I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, well, I didn't even know what that would have meant. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, wow, God has been just pursuing her. Yeah. On this, she's been on an amazing journey and we cannot wait for you to hear and to be prayed for at the end. If you're a, a girl who's like, you know, I'm kind of done with God. I mean, she yeah, had that moment in 2017. Mm-hmm. And if you're like, I don't even know why I'm listening and to this podcast. And now she's in ministry. So yeah. that says a lot about what God's done. Yeah. So welcome yeah. to the There's More podcast. Well, welcome to the There's More podcast. We are so excited to have our friend today, Stephanie Artia. She is has been on our prayer team for a while, but she also leads Woodstock Woo-hoo. Be Still, which is <laughs> so fun. And we just cannot wait to have a conversation with you, Stephanie. Like you are, I mean, God has done mighty, mighty things through you. And I just want for all the people listening, five years ago in July, she just told me of 2017, I put her name in my phone and it says, Stephanie, Woodstock be still because she came up to me after be still and she was like, Hey, I want to do this in Woodstock. And I was like, hold on, sister, I just met you tonight. And let's just keep having a conversation. Why don't you come back to be still? This is your first time. She loved it so much and had such an encounter, a powerful encounter with God. So can you start there and then we'll go in reverse. Tell us what happened that night and, and kind of where, where that led us to today. And then we'll kind of go back into your family of origin and childhood and, you know, kind of tell us who you are. Yes. Thank you guys so much. It is such an honor to just to be here with y'all tonight. <laughs> and just anyway, it's, it's super fun and uh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So the night July, I think it was the 27th of 2017 is a night that is an anchor in my life that wow. completely changed me. Wow. Um, a year and a half before that, my father had passed away. He was extreme. We were extremely tight, very close. And when he passed away, I was just numb. And I was just in a place where I was like, God, there has to be more to you mm-hmm. than what I know. Um, being raised in the church my entire life, I was just like, God, I'm crying out in the closet. And I was like, God, I really don't like you right now. I just, I don't like the way I'm feeling. And if you are who you say you are, mm. I really need you to show up. It was kind of like Gideon mm-hmm. throwing out that final place to say, if you are who you say you are, yeah, I need to know. Mm-hmm. And I met a friend and she, a mutual friend of a friend, and she invited me to be still. And she's like, you know, I think you really need to go to this gathering and have these women pray over you. And mm-hmm. I was like, women will actually pray over you? She's like, <laughs> Imagine what a novelty. Like, <laughs> it, it, and Stephanie, just for people who, because this is not a be still, I mean, people don't know what be still is. Explain to them what we mean when we say be still. So be still is a night where you go and you listen to worship music and you hear testimonies of freedom from women. Mm -hmm. And it's not like this teaching of Mm -mm. religious stuff that you've got to do and Mm -hmm. pack more things in of of do do's and do's. Mm -hmm. It's a night of 
hearing stories where God showed up in women's lives. Mm -hmm. And then there's an entire like prayer team of women army that pray over you to receive the freedom to break free from whatever is in bondage that's Mm -hmm. got you wrapped up. Mm -hmm. That's great. And so that's so a great that's description a, of it. That's perfect. Welcome to Be that Still has- Ministries. Follow us at Be Still Ministries. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, that, when that, you hear that, it's like, okay, you want to find out more about uh, yeah, it? Yeah, I'll go to that. Us. Yeah, Follow yeah. us at Be Still Because where do people get prayer? I mean, that's why I, that from the very beginning, I've always been like, where do women get prayed for? I know, it's ridiculous. I mean, it is yeah. like... I mean, I, I, nowhere. Fact, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. Like, that we can go to church and, like, not know how to get prayer is just a, a crime. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie, continue right. on. So, so what inspired you? You you were just desperate that night. Like God, I've got to know. I've threw up my fleece. Where I are was you? Desperate because I literally was at a crossroads. I was. I literally. I mean, I've been thinking about this a lot. I the crossroads was. I think I was about to turn away from God and say, "Forget this. Uh, I don't want any more to do with God. If this is what this is." So it was a crossroads of which way I was going. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give him one more shot. If, if someone wants to pray over me, then let's see what this is. If it's the same old, same old, Mm -hmm. I'm done. Mm -hmm. And I went that night and heard worship, just Mm -hmm. organic worship. I mean, during that time was when you had like a boom box playing music, you know, and it was beautiful. Bless my heart. (laughs) <laughs> pre EB and Molly days, bless. And I don't even remember who shared their story. I do not know what the story was about, their testimony. All I know is that, Rachel, when you got up and you said, we have a prayer team, we have ladies that are waiting for you in this back room, and they're getting set up for you. And after this last song, I want you, you know, just go back to the prayer team. As soon as you finished talking, I got up and I was the first person in line. They were scrambling, trying to move chairs to bring, you know, to make way for us. But I was waiting. And Mallory Staples prayed over me that night. Mm. And it's the very first time that I had ever had anyone to pray prophetically. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what prophetic prayer was at all. Mm-mm. And when she prayed over me and she didn't know me from Adam, she prays and I'm like, how did you know that about me? Mm-hmm. Like she prayed over me the exact same things that I was crying out to God for in my closet. And it just brings tears to my eyes to think about it because mm-hmm. that how did you moment feel? was, what was, the, what it was, was the, the moment that I felt seen mm-hmm. by God. Mm-hmm like truly felt seen and that that's where the relationship with God began. Yeah. yeah. That's where the relationship with the Holy Spirit began. I met the Holy Spirit that night because she said, Stephanie, that's the Holy Spirit. Mm. I was like, what? I just thought the Holy Spirit was a convictor. Oh but, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that that's, I left there that night. I was in the car with the two ladies I came with and I was like, one day mm-hmm. I'm going to do this for mm-hmm. other women. Mm-hmm. Wow. I want to be used like that for other women. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> so that's when I went up to you and I was like, <laughs> can we bring this to Woodstock? Cause we need this in Woodstock. You know, it's interesting because we were just at a, a birthday party and a friend of ours um, who, you know, Beth Bennett was talking and she was saying that there's, we have four core needs that every single person on the planet needs to have met. And of course we're supposed to have all of our needs met in Christ through, through the father and one of them is to be seen, 
to be mm-hmm. safe, to be secure, mm-hmm. and to be soothed. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that you use the word seen. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. how many people are listening right now that are saying, oh, my Lord, I, I, A, I need to find a place like this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know I'm seen. And I just want to tell every person that's listening right now, yes. God is setting you up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even through this podcast, just with the word Stephanie has said, I want you to hear me right now. You are seen mm-hmm. and you are known and you are loved. Yeah. yeah. And he will meet you the exact same way. He has no respect to persons. He loves you as much right. as he loves Stephanie. He wants to do it for you. Mm-hmm. So Stephanie, I love, I love that you said that. I love that one encounter with the Lord changes everything. Yeah. Take us back, though, because here's the thing what we all know is that we don't arrive at, you know, our mid-30s, whatever. I don't really even know how old you are. But, um, <laughs> She's mine. But, you age. know, we don't arrive <laughs> I'm at, older than you, right? Okay. <laughs> a little you. bit. She's a, little a lot bit. younger than me. Um, but we don't arrive at this place. There's so many things that, like, get us to this point of, mm-hmm. like, God, where are you and are you even real? Mm-hmm. So take us back, Stephanie, to kind of your childhood. How did God... How, how did, you know, how did like the, your family of origin begin to kind of shape the girl who wanted to be the good Christian girl and wanted to get all the things right and wanted to do it right for God? How, how would that begin shaped for you prior to you kind of the unraveling? So I, I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, and we, um, my family, my mom was a Sunday school teacher. My dad was a deacon. Um, we were the people that were pillars of the church, you mm-hmm. know. And in fact, our family ended up church planting a church in a little small town outside of Nashville. So I was always in the church every time the doors were open. And but all the while, our family was really just dying inside Mm -hmm. you know there were there were a lot of things going on in our family that were that were hard that we didn't talk about and so we just as a family um we just kept all of those things to ourselves swept them under the carpet i mean what the heck i mean i feel like we all have talking about (laughs) (laughs) it's not funny but it's it's, like it's so many people's stories it's It's like the hiding it's like god what is it about jesus that ever meant hide i don't like how did we miss that he's so like i mean exposing you know he's like God, I'm the most loving person ever. Mm-hmm. Why are you hiding from me? But it's mm-hmm. like the garden. We live in the garden. It's crazy. Yes. yes. Not anymore, but yeah. And, you know, I was, like I was, I said earlier, I'm extremely close with my dad and we had a great relationship and my dad traveled on Monday through Thursday. And mm-hmm. so there were days that, I mean, I spent a lot of time alone in my room playing with my dolls or whatever, just by myself. Um, I do have an old, I do have an older sister and she, you know, was with my mom. They were kind of doing things and I was always waiting for dad, waiting for dad to come home and excited when he would come home. It was like the little girl out the window, like, where's dad? Where's dad? Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that waiting for dad and then having to get everything right as to, you know, do your verses and mark Mm -hmm. off this and do that Mm -hmm. and look good 
it created this mm. atmosphere of feeling like you're living in being in critical, like everything was very critical, um, that everything was done perfectly, mm-hmm. done right. Mm-hmm. I, I never able to measure up to what I thought that I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And so when I didn't say things away that they should have been said, I just kept quiet. And over the years, I just kept quiet. I mm-hmm. just developed this, be quiet, then you won't get in trouble. Yeah. You won't say the wrong yeah. thing. Um, and so that then turned into, at the age of 19, um, still going to church, still doing all the things, still working and striving, went on a mission trip to Africa and had my first encounter when I got home with a demon possessed woman in a Christian bookstore. Wow. And so that was kind of like this first encounter with, wow. oh my goodness. Okay. The spirit realm, like this is like, this is real. Mm-hmm. Right. I haven't been taught this, but this is real. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And about two or three weeks after that, the Lord dropped in my spirit. I am calling you to work in ministry for the rest of your life as a full-time ministry. I have a calling on your life, but I didn't know what that was. 19 years old, I had no clue. I didn't have any discipleship. All I knew was I was supposed to work, 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 and work, Mm -hmm. but there was no anointing of the Holy Spirit and power to do what he was calling Right. So did you go down front like people called into ministry back then? You went down front, told everybody like I've been called to ministry. And then and then what did you do in ministry? Because did you immediately go at that point or were you in college? What did that look like? So I was in college. And it actually scared me. Oh, I bet. And I did have a specific person that was in my life that kept saying, telling me, well, you don't need to be going to that college. You need to go to this college because you've been called to ministry mm-hmm. and you're not walking with God because you're not going to, to Bible school. Well, I didn't feel called to go to Bible school. Right. Um, so. Because God's in regular it, college, too, not just in Bible school. <laughs> No, he's not. He's only at he's Bible only College. He's only at the Bible College, just so you know. And he's definitely not in the Christian bookstores and malls. No, Jesus. Oh, I mean, that'd be like an act of terrorism these days to have a Christian bookstore in a mall. Oh, wow. Somebody, they'd, be, they'd be like boycotting you. God, it's crazy. I'm sorry. We so crazy. Yeah, it's good. So you ended up like graduating. You, you went to the non-Bible college, it sounds like. You stayed where you were. And then what did life, what did life look like on the other side of that call? Cause that's a, that's a big, I mean, Stephanie, that's a big deal. Well, I'm kind of amazed that like you knew he was calling you. I I, I wouldn't have had, I would have been clueless. Yeah. How did you know? You just had an internal knowing. Did you just some things line up for you? My mom and my grandmother always said, go ask Stephanie because she like knows stuff. Mm, They would always say she knows stuff. Uh-huh. They never called it like wisdom or discernment. It was always like she knows stuff. Yeah. That was so good. But I was like, well, doesn't everybody know stuff? You know, uh-huh. that's so cool. Like, um, so mm. when I was so that was at 19. At 23, I married my husband and I are high school sweethearts, and we married at 23. And shortly after I got married, um, 
it came out that a family member had had a moral failure Mm -hmm. at our church. And that became a lot of church hurt Mm -hmm. from that Mm -hmm. because there was a lot of snickering and a lot of gossiping and walked down the church halls and it was just, it was hard. Mm -hmm. And so I pretty much walked away from the church for about five years and did not, did not go to church. I did not pray. Wow. I didn't do anything like bad. You know, we moved to the middle of Atlanta in the city and said, you know what, we're just going to be city dwellers and we're going to do the Atlanta life and we are not going to be going to church and all of that. Well, as soon as we moved to Atlanta, I get pregnant with my first daughter and knew I did not want to raise my daughter in a loft in Atlanta. (laughs) Why not? I can't imagine. (laughs) (laughs) So she can fall down the stairs and hurt herself. I know, right? So we moved back to um, to Woodstock, to the area that we live in. And that began after I gave birth to her. The Lord, as soon as I held her in my arms, he's like, I've got a call on your life and I have a call on your daughter's life. And he was like, when are you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I want you to raise this child to know who I am. Yeah. And so we went back to church. We went back to the same church and just dove right in, leading Bible studies, um, Bible study coordinator for the church, co-director for the church. And then that's when my father passed away. And then that whole like crumbling down of like my foundation yeah. after I met the Holy Spirit. It was completely different than what I was raised to, you know, believe. Mm-hmm. And now here's a new foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a rebuilding of my foundation. We so hope that you're enjoying this conversation. We are so grateful that you listened to the There's More podcast that we wanted to give you a gift. We wanted to share some of the things that we've learned with you. So Karen, tell them how to do that. Yeah, we've got a 14-day kind of a mini session on spiritual warfare. Kind of one of those topics that people I think have a lot of mystery around. Mm -hmm. They're about seven-minute teachings with a prayer at the end of each. They're really just designed to equip and empower you because we don't have a problem, we have an enemy. Yes. And so it's just gonna equip you to arise victorious. Yeah. Everything you need will be in the show notes. Now enjoy the rest of this conversation. So what did how what did that look like? How did he identify for you the foundation you had built for your life mm-hmm. when it came to a relationship with Christ? And how has that how how's he changed that? Well, you know, it's definitely been a work in progress. It's not something that's happened overnight. (laughs) That's for sure. Because, I mean, here we are, what, seven years since I've met you guys, or six years since I've met you guys, Mm -hmm. and the whole ministry of Gospel of Grace Mm is the first, you know, um, it's not that it's been work, but you have to go after it. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of undoing. Yeah, a lot of undoing. And when I took fa- when I did Father's House for the first time, there were two things in there that really changed my foundation. And the first one was when you um, when you guys did the session on Genesis three. It's like, how did you hear God say, "Where are you? Mm-hmm. What, what have you done?" Or I viewed God as that angry 
father, yeah. you know, instead of a loving father. And so from that, I realized it doesn't matter what I do. Mm-hmm. He loves me regardless. Mm-hmm. I don't have to strive. I don't have to do all the checking in the boxes. I mean, I want to do those things because I love him so right. much. Mm-hmm. It's his kindness that leads me there. Right. right? Yeah. Stephanie, how did you have the idea of Father God changed? Because I think, you know, if you had a weekend dad who you mm-hmm. were constantly waiting for coming, you know, home and you're peering out the window, is he coming? Is he coming? And he came. I mean, he did come home. But what did that, how did that influence your view of Father God? It had to have had an effect. Oh, my goodness. It was like the weekend. And God, was when that came, that revelation came, that was going through some counseling. So, I mean, inner healing, counseling, like you have to go after it, yeah. right? Um, and so that ha- that came out in counseling as a weekend God. And I'm like, that's exactly how I viewed God. Like, he's only going to show up when it's convenient for him or Mm -hmm. whenever he gets around to it. Mm -hmm. And it's changed for me now because I have always been so scared to speak in public. (laughs) I mean, I would skip school when I had to give an oral presentation and take an F like I would. Oh, my God. Y'all both did oh, that? Well, no, I wouldn't skip school. I just find out which teacher requires like, the public sure speaking. I'm pretty sure you are taking an F in anything. No, I wouldn't take an F. <laughs> I just would find out ahead of time if they required an oral report and wouldn't take that class. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I would fake sick. Like in in elementary, middle school, not elementary, middle school and high school, I would I don't remember having to do sick. that in high school. That's impressive. Oh, okay, yeah, giddy up. Like fear of public speaking, yeah. serious. Yes. The number one terror for most people. Which is fear of people. man. Oh, fear of man, it's big time. Which is fear of man. And it's what it is, too. It's fear of I'm going to be judged uh-huh. because I that was a part of that whole upbringing of where I've been and it's just like here I am just judge me yeah and you also watched a family member get judged let me oh by the way so that hurt that hurt too you know added to it yes yes and I think once I realized that okay he's called me to ministry he's called me as a voice Mm -hmm. And the enemy wants to steal that from me. Mm-hmm. So, or steal that for whoever he wants me to speak and help and bring freedom to. Mm-hmm. Um, he's shown up mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. single time, not just any kind of weekend. He's shown mm-hmm. up. I, I get nervous or I, I'll tell you one example is whenever I went on one of the Never Alone Widows retreats with you guys and I was very scared. I was thinking, okay, God, is this going to, are you, is this a weekend that you're going to show up? Cause I really like, really need you um, because this is like really scary, but he was there every single moment of the time. Mm-hmm. Then, I mean, he was, he's there every single time with Woodstock. So I can now know that it's, he's always there. Yeah. It's, and, and as I've gone through the inner healing and have gone through the counseling, I've just broken agreement with those lies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then brought in the, you know, the truth that he, he says I am and what he's called me to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Stephanie, I just thinking about like, if I were the little girl peering out the window, 
how would I feel? And I would not feel important enough if he didn't come home Monday through Friday, Thursday. And so I just heard the Lord say she feels important now because she knows how important she is to me. Mm. And I just think that's like, that is such a mark of like, you're so important yeah. in the kingdom. We're all so important in our roles. Yeah. And when we find that identity and that's restored, like you had your importance restored, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like you're important yeah. to him. He called you to ministry, but you weren't still sure you were important to his plan. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like that's to me is like such the mark over your life is like this this know that you know that you know that what I do in the kingdom matters and I'm important to him. Yeah. yeah. Yes, to him. Yes, mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Stephanie, let's, um, before we close out, I love, I know that the Lord has really been talking to you a lot um, out of Zachariah in about mm-hmm. this idea of um, not despising the day of small things and just kind of what he's building in you. Could you share just maybe a few keys that um, have been become part of your the message he's putting in your mouth? Yes. Uh, so when I came across this passage in Zechariah 4.10, um, and what was happening at that time was that um, Zerubbabel went, he was the governor at the time, and he went back um, to rebuild the temple that was destroyed, the Solomon's temple that was destroyed. And he went back to rebuild. He started with the foundation and he built the foundation, but then he stopped. He didn't build for 15 years. Mm. And the reason he stopped is that there was so much opposition and so much. Um, what was happening was that they, the people in the area were upset because it didn't look like Solomon's foundation. It didn't have the gold and the silver and all the mm. bells and whistles. And he was, Zachariah was letting him know that, hey, God is building a different foundation here. He just wants the obedience and the love of his people. He doesn't, God owns it all. He doesn't need any of those bells and whistles. He just wants his people. Mm. And so this is where I'm at today is like these small beginnings like what the temple that Jesus actually was the one that walked in on that foundation that Mm -hmm. Zerubbabel built. Mm -hmm. So when we can get past all of this bells and whistles or this religious spirit or all of these religious things that we're doing, God's like, no, I just want your heart. Mm -hmm. I just want your obedience. And then he steps into the pit. He steps in and so that's my heart. And my heart is just to really just let I want the freedom of people to just say, stop with the religious <laughs> stuff and just yeah. get to the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's passion that I have right now. That's mm-hmm. what Beast of Woodstock. That's what, you know, I want is that for those women to mm-hmm. have that freedom. Mm. It's beautiful, it Stephanie. Beautiful. There's such an innocence on you. I, every time I hear, you know, that, Every time I hear you or I'm around you, it's just mm-hmm. like you're so pure in spirit. Yes, yeah. you are. You have this pure spirit yeah. and this hunger and thirst for the things of God. And you've had it since you were a little girl. And it's mm-hmm. amazing that God would take you from 19 and allow the religion to leave and just pass away and to have your importance restored. And 
I just love it. We love you so much. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Steph, I would love God. for you to, I'm just thinking about the person that is, is the you of 2017, you know, that's like mm-hmm. on her last fleece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's run out of fleeces mm-hmm. and, and is, and has that desperation, that feeling of like, where are you? Can you pray for that person? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Dear sister, I just, I pray with you, Father God, just, we just ask that you just come, come and surround your daughter. And just, we know that you are just such a detailed father who is so relational. And I just pray that you would just reach down out of heaven and that you just pull your daughter out of whatever the obstacles, the oppositions, those forces that are coming against her. Father, just give her that strength and that to know that you see her, that you are there for her, that you are walking by her and that she's important, Mm -hmm. that she's loved and cared about no matter what all she's done, no matter how much she strived for you. You that you're all she needs. You're the only one that she cares about and that you care about. So, Father, I just ask for a fresh wind of your spirit to come and just fill every recess of her DNA, of her cells and her body, in her mind, in her spirit, in her body. I pray for a fresh awakening, a fresh revival Mm -hmm. to just put your respirator of breath upon Mm -hmm. her life we thank you for freedom we thank you for what you're doing right now in her heart Mm -hmm. in jesus name amen amen Amen. we love you staff love y'all thank thank you so much for joining us staff we love you love you thank you you for asking me love (laughs) you guys absolutely Well, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. We just wanted to let you know about some additional resources. If you are interested in learning about Rachel and I's Bible study, just go to fathershousestudy.com. It's an amazing eight-week encounter with with just the Father's love. We've got Zoom groups are going to be starting this fall. We'd love for you to be a part of. In addition, we have an opportunity for you to have a free resource from us. If you go to bestillministries.net and sign up, you will receive a 15-day kind of a mini masterclass on spiritual warfare that has been done by myself and Lindsay, a friend of ours that is our head of our prayer team. So hope you'll join us. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Thanks a bunch.